Welcome back to another episode of the Shula Bowl podcast. As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks at Five Reasons Sports, your home for South Florida sports news. You can find them on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. You can find our podcast on Twitter at Shula Bowl Pod. Eric Henry, FIU beat writer for SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty with you. Back with another one of our series of off-season interviews. As always, we try to each off-season bring you uh, inside each program, whether it's FAU or FIU, and talk to a couple, uh, whether it be present players or now current former players. And the last interview you heard from the FIU side was with former FIU center Shane Magoo. You can find that uh, interview uh, at Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Podbean. And you can find it on Twitter at both of the respective Twitter accounts that I just sent. But the next FIU guest in the series of our offseason interviews is going to be now former FIU defensive end Noah Curtis. Noah racked up 110 tackles, seven, seven tackles for loss, and three and a half sacks during his time at FIU. And you want to thank him for making the time. Noah, how's it going, man? Good. Doing really good. Love the intro, though. <laughs> Not a problem. You know, uh, it's been a, it's been a really a, a unique offseason, you know, in terms of the really postseason bowl games and, and things that you guys have been able to do during a normal offseason. You know, you guys be getting ready. Those of you who have chosen to pursue the NFL, getting, you normally preparing for the NFL combine or pro days. And we, it's been announced that the NFL combine is going to happen. We'll see what the future is with pro days. But we know that you just had a chance to participate in the college uh, college all-star session down there in Texas. And you also are coming off of the tropical bowl experience. Just want to uh, pick your brain. How were both of those experiences? They were both really um, great experience for me. Just getting able to learn like what it's like being an NFL pro going to all these seminars, learning about just like financials and how to invest and like, and just money stuff at the CGS, it was really amazing. At the Tropical Ball, you really got to, like, sh- first showcase your your ability to the scouts. That was my first opportunity to, and I thought it was a great experience overall playing the game. Now I got an opportunity to go to Hawaii for the Hula Bowls to showcase my abilities one more time. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that because that just came out yesterday that you uh, earned the invite to the Hula Bowl. Uh, I, I honestly haven't seen how they're doing that with, you know, for, for those of the listeners who, who may not be familiar, in a normal year, all these things would be done in person. Uh, some of the games are still happening, like Noah was at the Tropical Bowl and that took place up in Kissimmee. But games like the East-West Shrine game that James Morgan and Stanley Thomas Oliver took, uh, took part in last year, uh, that won't be happening because of COVID. Um, yeah, there are a couple other games as well that will be uh, postponed. The Hula Bowl, are you actually going to go out to Hawaii? Are they actually holding that um, in person? Yes, I'm actually flying out to um, Hawaii on Tuesday. Got you. Okay, so it's good to hear that, that will be uh, held in person. You get a chance to um, you know, get out there and showcase your your skills for NFL scouts. I want to ask you one more thing before we talk about your FIU career. Uh saw on your Twitter account you, uh, you're recently engaged. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I've been engaged for over a year now, yes. Uh, okay, so not, not so recent. Not so recent. Over a year, man. Congrats. Um, hey, yeah, you know, you. you're, you're – you're doing a better than I am, man. So congrats, man. Uh, you want to definitely want to make sure we uh, we wish you on on that front before we, we talk about your career. But no, I want to ask you this. You know, it, it came out. You know, prior to the 
end of the season that the NCA would allow certain student athletes that this year would not go towards their eligibility. And some of the FIU players have chosen to return to school for another year. Whereas you made the decision to turn pro just want to talk about what went into your thought process as far as you choosing to turn pro and as opposed to come back for another year. Well, there was a lot of like determining factors with my decision. One thing being like family, because you know, it's, it's unknown for college football next year because of what happened this year or 2020 with, you know, the games being canceled and, you know, players opting out. So it was, that played a big factor, but also for me, I was just mentally and physically ready because I've never been better mentally and physically. I've been, I'm the strongest I've ever been. I weigh the most I've ever been. And, I felt like in my four years at FIU, I did all I could accomplish. So I felt like for me, I was ready for the next step to go to the NFL. No, I want to ask you this, you know, how's the training gone? And and the reason I ask you that question is I remember when I had a chance to talk to some of the guys last year, luckily for you, you know, we're, hopefully nearer towards the end of the COVID situation and you're able to get out there and train like you normally would. But I remember talking to Stanley Thomas Oliver, Sage Lewis, you know, and some of those guys, the, Ike Brown, they had a couple of situations where they were out of the gym for a couple of weeks where they couldn't even actually lift, you know? So just want to ask you, how has the training been since the season ended and you've made that decision to turn pro? Oh, really good. Since, um, since, um, declining for the draft, I moved to, um, Yuli, Florida, with my okay. fiance and her family, so I can train up here in Jacksonville at my current um, facility right now. I work out there five times a week, and I'm about to be six times a week. So I feel like I've been doing really good just with staying in shape and like staying strong and all that. <laughs> really quick, just since you mentioned that you're up there in Yuli, it's a it's a bit of a change going from you know you being a uh, South Florida guy to uh, to Yuli, North Florida, right? Not really. I'm 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 used to I'm a Florida kid, so I'm just generally used to being Florida kid. So it's not really like a difference to me. Got you, got you. Uh, as far as the 2020 season goes, you know, obviously it's just the season didn't go the way that you or anyone around the program would have liked. Uh, I'm just wondering, can you can you take fans for those of us who aren't inside that building? Can you t- take us inside and kind of elaborate on how different of a year this season was compared to last year? Not not talking about the wins and losses. You know, that's obviously something that you can't control. But whether it was talking to Coach Davis, whether it was post game or or during the week or even some of the guys. They just talked about, you know, in terms of whether it was having to wake up and get tested for for COVID or the fact that the injuries kind of depleted the team and then, you know, not being able to have as many players during practice. How different mm-hmm. was this year during, uh, excuse me, how different was this year compared to, you know, a normal quote unquote football season? Well, for the 2019 year, you know, we had death and, you know, we were healthy. I mean, we were like, physical we were you know we had death and we i think was the camellia bowl we went to went to three straight bowl games and then you know we lost a whole bunch of guys to the draft like you said sage and james and stanley so and then this year with covid with the covid situation you know it was very hard for everybody to like you know kind of like get their minds around like it was it was an unknown factor because we didn't know whether we'll be playing this year or not. 
you know, so that was definitely in a lot of guys' minds. And then, you know, when we got back, we were all very, very optimistic that we would play the whole 12, 12 games this year, like most teams did. So, and another thing, like you said, was with the um, the COVID test every, like, I think we got COVID tests three times, maybe four times a week, just to see if we would be able to practice and play. It was definitely hard for most guys, especially seniors, because you didn't know whether they were going to stay another year, like most people are, or they were going to declare. It was definitely hard, though, and the injuries did, did like, mess up a lot of – definitely play a factor in this year. So it was definitely really, really hard for all of us, not just the coaching staff, but for the players and the whole training staff. No, Noah, how difficult was, you know, for guys like you and even guys like Shane McGrew who've been there four or five years, you play there your entire career and you see the guys who came before you get that senior day experience. You know, you walk out in front of your family and, and you get that that last recognition. How difficult was it when, unfortunately, the Marshall game was canceled and, and you realize oh. you're not going to get that experience? Oh, man, I was I was crushed. I was hurt. I remember texting Coach. Coach Davis just to keep asking him if we were going to play against Marshall and actually have a senior day or at least we can reschedule something so we can at least get that experience. But when um, when the news came out that Marshall canceled and we weren't going to reschedule anything, I cried, to be honest. Not having that senior day experience is it's tough, you know, because you, you want your family members, you know, one last time to play at FIU to be there and support you and that didn't happen. So I cried. I felt I was hurt that our season ended the way it did. I want to just ask you about your experience as a whole in terms of playing for, if you can correct me if I'm wrong, your position coaches during your, your four years there were, were uh, Kenny Holmes and Kennard Lang, correct? Yeah. Yes. Can you talk about your experience playing for both coach Holmes and coach Lang? Well, I saw him with Coach Holmes, and, you know, he, he was the one that recruited me to come to FIU. And from day one, he gave me an opportunity to play as a freshman and starting off as, like, third, fourth string in the depth charts and working my way up to second string. You know, Coach Holmes had a lot of faith in me, and I carried that to, to my sophomore year when we made it to the Bahamas Bowl and we won. So Coach Holmes really had a big influence on me. And I'm forever grateful for him. Coach Lang was there my freshman year. He was like, I think, an assistant or like a volunteer coach at the time. But from day one, he was always like, you know, trying to help me get better with my technique and just my pass rush. And not only that, Coach Lang is somebody you could come to, um, you know, non football related. So he was definitely somebody that I could come to personally if I had something going on in my life. So both coaches are like played huge influence on me in my football career, and they both helped me both on and off the field. So I got to get credit to both of them for all they've done for me in my college career. Want to ask you this? As you mentioned, you had a chance to play in three straight bowl games. First, the the Gasparilla St. Petersburg Bowl. Then the mm-hmm. Camellia Bowl, excuse me, then the Bahamas Bowl, and then the Camellia Bowl. Um, you just talk about, you know, those bowl game experiences, and if you have any any memories from those. And then the second oh, part of the man. question is, is, or y'all, go ahead. I'll let you answer that first. Go ahead. 
So I remember Gas Robo. I um I think we played UMass the game before the Gas Bowl. And I tore I tore my labrum in my shoulder in that game. And I just remember like having to fear like not being able to play in the game. But I remember telling Kevin O'Neill, like, I don't care if like I get stretched off the field. I'm going to play in this bowl game because it's because it's not guaranteed you're going to play in another one. So, guess roller bowl. I remember just going there with a shoulder brace, tore it all shot and all, just playing as hard as I can with a torn labor, basically. So that's definitely like one of the memories from the guess roller bowl that I take away. The Bahamas bowl overall was just a great experience because guys were flying out of the country to go to the Bahamas to play. It was a great experience, actually, and winning was even better as a team. You know, it was a great game. Everybody played hard. That was really great to win a bowl game because there's, there's, like, no other feeling in college football than winning a bowl game. And the um, Camellia Bowl was another experience because we were in, um, was it was it Montgomery? Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. And we got to see, like, the Civil Rights, was the Civil Rights Museum? I think so. And it just, it was very nice to learn about the history of like, um, like Martin Luther King and like Rosa Parks and like just learning what their rights and like how they fought for, um, for all of us to be equal. That was another great experience that I'd take away. What was the um, second part of the question? Yeah. So the second part of that question was just going to be overall, just, you know, if you have maybe one or two kind of, whether it be favorite games or favorite memories from your entire four years overall. Ooh, favorite game overall was has to be the Miami game my junior year when we beat sure. Miami in sure. the Marlins Stadium. Sure. I think that's the first time we ever played in the Marlins Stadium. And we I know we were supposed to be the home team, but it felt like we were <laughs> a, it felt like we were the away team. <laughs> I just remember coming out the tunnel and we were getting booed <laughs> by all the Miami fans, but <laughs> You know, there's like no other no other experience when you beat like your like basically your rival team like a couple of miles away from you. You know, it's great. You know, it was a really great experience. I'm I'm gonna jump in here and for you know for the majority of people who listen to this podcast will know what Noah's talking about. But if if you know if you happen to come across this podcast and you're, you're not an FIU fan, just a college football fan, I'll I'll elaborate on what Noah said there. The game took place at Marlins Park, which was the former side of the Orange Bowl, and FIU was listed as the home team. But I remember being there in the press box. I don't know what it sounded like down there on the field, Noah, but in the press box, and, you know, just watching, it was a, kind of a surreal moment because you guys had the whole. FIU home team, you know, the the little things go off and you're going through the through the, you know, the, the Panther and you hear this yeah. cascade of boos come down. And because of the way the stadium is, it's kind of a dome. All the boos just rained down on you guys. And, and it sounded it was pretty surreal to, to, to see because you guys came out first or see, I think I think Miami may have come out first and then you guys came out second. And yeah, to hear the they, yeah, go ahead, no, they go ahead. came out first. Right, right. And to hear to hear the difference in the sound of them getting cheered and then you getting booed, it was it was pretty surreal. So I, I just wanted to paint that picture for for the fans who may not know that experience, although the majority of our listeners were probably at that game and will know that uh that experience. Well, I want to piggyback off that and, and ask you this, Noah. 
Um, I've talked to some of the other guys after their graduation, whether it was Stan Lee or Austin Maloney or, you know, different guys. And um, one thing about FIU is the fans who are there are very passionate. But of course, the FIU fan base, at least as far as home games, not necessarily the biggest fan base. Was it kind of difficult at times, you know, coming out there at home and not having the biggest fan base? I remember talking to Austin in particular, who mentioned that sometimes and he not every game, but there were sometimes you almost look forward to playing on the road. Um, because you get that experience again, like the big crowds. This kind of ask you, like, what your experience as a player is in, in terms of a, uh, you know, dealing with with the the size of the fan base and size of crowds. Um, well, what Maloney said is like very, very true. I mean, when we go to our away games, like when we play Old Dominion, they had like a nice little fan base. Like the whole stadium was packed. Even when we went to FAU, those games were packed. And at FIU, like. We had a nice fan base, and I love the fans at FIU. Like you said, they're very passionate for for our team, for us. But sometimes, like, there were some games where you just felt like there was, like, nobody there. And there was, like, that energy that you feed off from the crowd is like, wasn't there sometimes. So Maloney was definitely right when he said about that. Not all the times, but, like, right. not all the times. Because I enjoy playing in the cage. I mean, I mean all of us do. All the FIU. FIU plays you, but just some games, you just wish there were like more fans so we could feed out the energy. Sure. And it's one of the things that when, you know, when I get asked about the cage, I'll reference a game. I'm sure you'll remember 2018 game, uh, middle Tennessee state at home. You know, oh, you win yeah. that, you win that game 24, 21 and the, the cage gets loud when, yes. you know, it's a tight game and people are making noise. So it, it's just a matter of, you know, yeah. translating that, that fan base game, all the time. That game is like what, what is why you come to FIU. I mean, there is uh, CJ scored that touchdown. We were up, and they were playing Obama on the sideline. You know, the crowd singing, it, and that gets us going. That got us really going to feel out the energy. We won that game off of um, Olin getting that interception. But it's it's moments like that that we cherish for the rest of our lives. I'm pretty sure no way we'll ever forget that Middle Tennessee game in 2018. Couple more for you, know, and I'll get you out of here. Want to ask you this, um, and and obviously, you know, it's 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 not a, a one person thing, but in, in your mind, what was the biggest difference, or some of the biggest differences, I should say, not just one difference between the success you guys had in 2017 and 2018, and then maybe you know some of the the I don't want to say lack of success, but kind of the struggles you guys had in 2019 and then 2020. Well, well, you know, COVID was a big struggle. Sure, for sure. That's definitely. But I probably say injuries did play a part. Injuries did play a part in, in that. Like 2017, 18, we had death. Like, you know, our linebacker, we had, I think, Anthony Wynn, Trey, Sage. And, you know, we had death. Like, you know, Jamal, D-Jack, and Josh, they were like backups. So we had death in 2017. And 2018 was like our strongest because we had – Backups that were like ready to go, like you saw Christian in 2018 in the Bahamas Bowl ball out when James was hurt. We had guys ready to like step in, ready to go. I felt like in 2019, 2020, we had like a bunch of inexperience because we were playing with a bunch of new guys and like you know, I would say like didn't really like understand the concept or like really understand what to do, like. Like playbook wise and like and like non non experience. 
we had definitely like played we played like a couple of freshmen I think this year and last year than we did in 2017 2018 so that definitely was like a part just the inexperience was played a big factor in 2019 and 2020. So I want to ask you this, and I had a chance to ask you this. I believe it was 20, 2019 Media Day. I asked you about your musical tastes, and you're a guy who's mentioned, you know, pregame, you listen to, you might be NBA Youngboy, it might be Slayer. It's, it's all over the taste, all over the place. Can you kind of, you know, enlighten the fans on some of your your uh, your musical taste pregame and just in general? <laughs> yeah, so I love music, and and I just love, I love music so much, and it depends on like how I'm feeling. Like if it's like a big game, I would go like heavy, like metal and rock. So Slipknot, KO, I know you're listening to this. So Slipknot, ACDC, Metallica, you know, Nirvana. I mean, and some games is like, like let's say FAU. That's when like I listen to Youngboy and Kodak, Meek, you know, Ryan W. Melly. There's a whole bunch of people. There's some days, you know, where I'm on my good vibes and stuff. That's when, you know, Michael Jackson comes out and, you know, TLC, a whole bunch of, whole bunch of, whole bunch of people, whole bunch of people I like to listen to. I'm very, like, diverse with music. You know, music just helps me focus and, like, stay motivated and just like gets me going gets me going for every game so the uh the last two i got for you know is uh who are some of your funniest teammates that you played with oh <laughs> funniest teammate there's a whole bunch i'd probably say um oh man everybody was funny but i probably have to say every time i throw out our time or just like just um Throughout like 2017 or like recently, like 2020. Oh no, whoever you can go through your entire career. Like you know, who are some of the guys that stand out to you as being you know pretty hilarious? Okay, so definitely, definitely from the start, it was like um, Coop, Shakir Coop, my freshman year. Oh my God, that boy had me like crying every day. I mean, this guy had jokes on jokes on jokes, and he was just funny. Um, Jay Woods was another guy that was like just funny. I mean. <laughs> who else who else jamal gates daniel jackson dorian demory was another funny guy what tarver andrew tarver is quiet but he's really really funny yo the whole d line was really like our little group was like really funny so Kalik and rashad ko kane chris lexi we all, those were the guys that are like really funny. So, <laughs> and then, uh, like I said, got two more for you. We'll get you out of here. Um, can you, uh, sum up just your experience playing for Butch Davis? Oh, I have my, Butch Davis has my full respect. I mean, I still remember when he called me from my home in high school. I mean, great guy, even better coach. I mean, Butch Davis really helped me develop to the guy that I am today. You know, he was always on me about my weight. That's a given. But he pushed me to be the best player that I could be. So, those Davis really did help me a lot. Last one for you, Noah. This is one I like to ask a lot of the guys. It kind of brings back a funny memory. 
What was your most embarrassing moment on the field uh, in your college career? <laughs> oh, most embarrassing moment. Uh, let's see. I gotta, gotta think. I wasn't expecting this question. Um, just me personally, or like something that I saw that was embarrassing. You can go you personally, or if you if you if you have something that you saw um, that was embarrassing, you can you can name that as well. I'll give you an example. One of the one of the ones that I thought was pretty funny um, was Stanley. I asked him, and he went back to the I believe it was you might have still been in college. Excuse me, still been in high school. I think it was 2016 when he was still playing receiver, and he mentioned uh-huh. that he got yanked down by his dreads and that uh, he had to take a couple plays off. And, and the entire uh, the entire receiver group was asking, or the guys on the sideline were asking him are you hurt? He's like, nah, my head is just hurting because I got pulled by my dreads. You said that was one of the funniest oh. things, the most embarrassing thing. So it's just something that may have, it may have been a play that, you know, happened to you that was embarrassing. Or maybe something you saw uh, that was embarrassing. Oh, okay. So if I remember correctly, I think I was, um, I think a sophomore and I think it was against um, middle Tennessee, actually like that whole game was, hard back and forth. And I remember one play where <clears throat> my jersey got tugged like really, really bad and the whole and it ripped. <laughs> my whole jersey ripped and like I came to the sideline and like I think it was Coach Holmes. He was asking like, No, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, Coach man, my jersey all ripped up, man. Coach Holmes gave me the stalest face I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> my jersey ripped close. Like, what do you do? He said, I don't care about your jersey. Get back out there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was definitely like my, I think my embarrassing moment. <laughs> no, that's a, that always makes for for a funny story. Uh, really quick before we finish up, I want to thank Noah for jumping on. You can find Noah on Twitter at Showtime underscore Noah ninety. Again, he is Noah Curtis, three-year starter for FIU. Noah, appreciate you jumping on, man. Nah, I appreciate the time. Thank you, man.